For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, I am Matt Williamson. The Sunday night game's about to kick off, so I watch Steelers on TV, as all of you did, I assume. Watch the late slate, now I'm getting a little chat with you guys, doing more research, uh, as is every Sunday night, and it's an interesting time. Um, the, <laughs> the two words that come to mind for me are disappointing and exciting. This game was very disappointing against a bad football team. It has some good things going for it. We previewed the Jets. Enough about the Jets. The Steelers state in 2022 with the games they have on the horizon, very disappointing. These last three losses, very disappointing against teams I'm not all that impressed with. There are a lot of bad football teams in the NFL right now, and this is one of them. Um, but I also think, and you guys know I'm a Steelers optimist, and that stems from many years of watching this team and watching many more wins than I have losses. And I think that there's something to be said for that. But I think that this is a turning point in the franchise, and that is very exciting to me. And we have so much time to talk about the future. But this team, real quick, doesn't have very many upcoming free agents, has a lot of cap space. I bet they have a decent pick. Again, I don't think it's been top five. And we might be very, very excited about a quarterback before long. And I tend to think that's going to be the case. So, a couple little things from, well, a lot of big things from this game. I'm not going to go play-by-play play or any of that things or scroll through here. Some some big overriding things. I liked how the Steelers opened this game offensively with big, heavy personnel. Watt was out there, and they were moving the football in a physical manner, run and pass. Um, at one point, you know, Trubisky, they were stopped on third and fourth for on th- third and four for no gain. I would have gone for it at, at midfield, but they didn't. Um, again, so I have a lot of, you know, I, I sit there and I take notes as the game goes on and I, I put some things in bold and I like to just scroll down and mention those. But the way that I have this structured and, and oftentimes I'll tell you guys, here's the halftime stats that really stood out to me. Here's the second half stats that were, you know, or the, the final stats that really stood out to me. And to be honest, statistically, although there was a totally different quarterback in the game for the Steelers, they weren't much different. I mean, to be very honest, first half stats versus the entire game stats. I mean, 58 first half passing yards absolutely stands out. Six penalties for 45 yards for the Steelers stands out. But they had also had 63 rushing yards. That's not bad for half of football. You know, Fryermuth had 49 yards. Time of possession was basically equal. Yards per play were basically equal. You know, I mean, the sacks were a problem, and the Jets had three of them in the first half. But then you look at the final stats, and, I mean, basically, you know, they're very 
similar. You know, I mean, if you combine Kenny and Trubisky, it's not too far off where Wilson was. Najee ends up with 74 yards. Pickens goes for over 100. Um, Steelers only one sack, but I thought they got good pressure, especially early in the game. They both had 20 and 19 first downs. Third downs, they both converted six of them. Steelers were six out of 12. Jets were six out of 15. Yards per play, again, were just about equal. Uh, Time of possession was one second different, (laughs) you know. So this was a pretty even football game. And I know it was kind of a tale of two halves, but statistically it doesn't show it that way. I'm going to get into some other things here, though. I mean, uh, the things that are hard to deal with right now are you had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. You got to close teams out defense. Uh, I mean, the defense to me was worrisome again, late game defense. Is this a stamina thing? Is it a mental toughness thing? Are they not in good enough shape? Are they not making any kind of adjustments throughout the game or are they not adjusting to the adjustments. I mean, late game poor defense in three straight games now is worrisome. I mean, and these are not phenomenal offenses. I mean, wait till you play the Bills or the Eagles. Um, one sack, we talked about that too. I mean, there was some pressures early, and I give Wilson credit. He got out of the way of some would have been sacks. I mean, like if Flacco was back there, it would have been a lot worse. You know what I mean? But you got to realize too, I mean – you were playing their fourth and fifth offensive tackle. And then they have to move Vera Tucker, who's a great guard, to left tackle and bring in someone I'd never heard of to play right guard. And you still only ended the day with one sack. I mean, one sack. That's, that's not going to get it done. Um, tipped passes were another theme to me. Badly, you know, either a ball thrown too high you know, goes up Friar Moose's hands. He was probably lucky to even get his hands on it. Or certainly Deontay, you know, like catches you should make that, you know, tipped passes off receiver's hands. Usually bad things happen. And we saw that again in this game. And then one thing I've heard no one talk about, which I thought was glaringly problematic, was the Jets passing game just abused the middle of the field in this defense. And I blame the linebackers. They lost Edmonds in this game. Um, I don't blame Minka. We'll get to him here in a minute. But those middle of the defense defenders were getting manipulated like crazy from play action and pre-snap stuff and allowing massive, massive voids, mostly, I mean, in zones. A lot of base cover two stuff it looked like. But massive ones behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. I mean, inside the numbers. So uh, that really needs to go back to the drawing board because you think Josh Allen's not going to attack that like crazy and everyone else going forward. So that really concerned me. And I didn't hear the announcers bring it up. It's like, man, this is a gaping hole. Um, All right, we're going to take a quick break and then I'm going to come back with my kind of thumbs up guys, thumbs down guys. Some closing thoughts here, and then we'll dig more into it as this week goes on, as well as Bill's prep.
right, thumbs up. I think you have to say Pickett. Came in, moment didn't look too big for him. Brought energy. Again, I'm excited about the future now. It's a new era. I think you just have to look at this team so much different because of the, the, the change. And it's warranted, and he's an exciting young player. It's going to be ups and downs, but he gets a thumbs up for me. Pickens absolutely gets a thumbs up, and I think more pickets going to equal more pickens. And they even threw him three early targets before they knew that they were going to pick it. So I think that they, well, I know this, the, the staff understands what a great talent he is and must be kicking themselves like crazy for just underusing him vastly in the first couple games of his career. But he still has star written all over him. So does Fryermuth. I mean, I feel like every week he's a thumbs up guy because not only is he a difference maker every week, well, it, but it's consistent. I mean, it's every week. So this guy's a bona fide top ten tight end. He might even be top six ish in that neighborhood. They got a really good player here and should be for a long time. Thumbs up to O line in the run game. I wasn't sure exactly what to do with the O line in terms of thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, again, my bar isn't incredibly high for this unit, but they were moving people on first watch. So I'm going to give them a slight thumbs up. You know, maybe that one's tilted to the side a little. Highsmith again, almost like Fryermuth. I mean, it's every week with this guy. When people game plan around him, it doesn't matter. They brought him off the left. They brought him off the right. Again, bad backup tight end or tackles, but he exploited them as he has every situation this year continues to produce, could have had a couple more sacks. So good stuff there. Um, Minka is a force of nature. This guy is all over the field. They're using him creatively. You know, he bats down that pass in the backfield too. I mean, he gets his hands on footballs, changes the game. I guarantee this is the case again, but when you watch the all 22, I think teams stay away from him. I mean, he is a phenomenal player. Very well could be the best safety in the league. This one's just kind of a leap of faith because Wilson, their first-round pick, the wide receiver out of Ohio State, operates out of the slot and was very quiet and is a special athlete. So I'm going to double-check this, of course, but I'm assuming Millette did a good job on him. So I'm going to just call him out here without studying every route and every, you know, uh, coverage. Got to mention Bosworth again. I mean, he's boring, but... Dude hits a 59-yarder to end the half. I mean, longest field goal in Heinz Field history. Um, and then, as we do sometimes, I want to call out a couple of guys on the other side. Zach Wilson exceeded my expectations, especially down the stretch. I mean, this guy led two 70-yard drives in the fourth quarter. Calm and collected. Got better and better as the game went on. If I'm a Jets fan, I would be saying he's at the top of my list for most exciting things out of this game. He looked, that's the best game of his NFL career. Uh, last year was a disaster, and I thought he was much better in this one. Another leap of faith with coverages is hard to do with just watching TV copy once, but I assume Sauce John or Sauce Gardner had something to do with Deontay Johnson's slow day. I'm just assuming that because he sure did the week before against Jamar Chase. And call out the Jets D because they made some plays. Sacks getting their hands on footballs, dislodging footballs. So uh, I would be quite happy with how the Jets D played if I was a Jets believer instead of a Steeler believer. Thumbs down. 
Deontay um, wasn't very productive. Plays led to bad plays. Claypool, I'm not particularly worried about either one of those guys, but Claypool's got to go up and play bigger. I mean, I, I think it's safe to say now that high-pointing footballs, going up and getting it isn't his bag, even though he's big. You know, I, I think we all assume that he should be great at that because he's big and fast and tests well at the combine. But there's timing involved. There, He's not good at it. <laughs> Just because he's big and fast and can jump high doesn't mean that he goes up in high points of football well. And I think that's clear again that hurt the team. I'm going to call Najee as a th- thumbs down. He's a plotter now. I mean, I think he's still fighting an injury, but there's not much juice there. I mean, he finishes run- runs, but he finishes runs with his upper body. I mean, smacking guys, trying to throw him off with his hands. His feet and his explosion and his quickness aren't great. Um, Steelers offensive tackles, I guess, lean towards thumbs down. They, they each let up a sack. You know, if you play... <laughs> That that position's brutal. You play 60 snaps and two of them are bad while well, you're in the thumbs down category, but you can't allow sacks. I mean, so wasn't a great game by them. There was a stretch there where they were a little shaky. I mentioned the linebackers, middle of the field. I'm just going to call that the linebackers for now because there were massive voids in the middle of the field. Two small ones to throw out, um, Harvin and Gunnar Olszewski. Wasn't their best day. It is Gunnar... Not someone you can trust in terms of ball security. That would be terrible. Um, and then he really doesn't have much use here anymore. I mean, he is good on coverages. but And Harvin did not have his best day. We'll see. Um, some other ones that just are themes. The defense as a whole has to be thumbs down. you got to close it out. I mean, you just do. It's way too much of a trend. Is it mental toughness? Is it physical toughness? I bet it's a combination of both. Um, penalties, especially the offense in the first half, I mean, they made it hard to do anything. Um, I am not putting Trubisky in the down or the up, you might notice. I just think that he's fine and he was okay, but I have no problem with making the switch. It is exciting. It would not be exciting without the switch. It would just be disappointing. Um, I think Coach used the term weighty downs, you know, important, crucial times. They're failing there once again on both sides of the ball. Um, that needs to be corrected. That's above my pay grade on how to correct it, <laughs> to be very honest. But when the going gets tough, the tough get going and they're not. You know, they're folding in crucial situations, particularly the defense lately. I mentioned the tip balls before. Um, and some injury news, we need to monitor Cam Hayward. He has two things going on. It's an ankle and an elbow, I think. Um, Terrell Edmonds is in the concussion protocol, so we'll see how he progresses as the week goes on. Minka left and came back in. Um, he said, mentioned him before, what a total stud he is. And last note, just in case you aren't aware, you know, the, the division, Bengals take a nice step forward. And now they have a nice long week to prepare. They're in a good spot all of a sudden, but they don't look like a great team to me. They won. Ravens, Browns, Steelers lose. You know, Browns lost the Falcons. <laughs> There's a lot of big comebacks in this early slate of games, including, you know, the Ravens blowing a lead, Steelers blowing a lead. So 
this is not a unique problem around the in you know to the league. There's a lot of bad teams right now, and um, I am very disappointed with where the Steelers are right now. I am very disappointed with how this game went, but I also could probably name you ten teams that I think the Steelers are at least as good as you know the Washington, Chicago, the uh, Saints, the Giants, on and on and on. Colts, Titans, blah, blah, blah. I mean, you could go on and on. Houston, of course. So, is this a contender? No. Are these next four weeks going to be brutal? I'm sure they will. But we need to... You'll, you'll hear my tone change now. I mean, there's going to be different goals about, you know, you know what's most important. Uh, they have a bye week in week eight. I'm hoping coming out of that bye... We're having a lot of excitement, and they can start stringing some wins together. And I think that should be the realistic goal at this point. So, much more to discuss this week. Over and out. See you. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.